That is all the message. It's enough for you to start meditating and saying, what is God saying? Let my actions and prove, I should prove him. Praise the Lord. Open with me to the book of Luke. Luke. Or let's read from Matthew actually. The same thing is in Matthew. Matthew chapter 5 verse 16. He'll give it to us in just one place. Matthew 5 16. Matthew 5 16. Matthew chapter 5 1 6 16. The word of God says, let your light so shine before men that they will see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, because I refer to a lot of scriptures, I want to encourage you to always have a pen and paper to write down scriptures. So that you go and take time to look at them, be buried and, and check to make sure that I did not misquote anyone or say something that is not even in the Bible. I've heard a lot of people preaching and they were saying, I've heard it actually, where they would use expressions like, heaven helps those who help themselves. And there are many who believe that it's in the Bible. But that's the very opposite of what is in the Bible, and I pray that you will not be one who believes such things. If you hear that and you don't go and search it out, you will just believe it and say, ah, everyone helps those who help themselves, so you will better do something for themselves. Don't just wait there. Whereas we've just been told this week past that God wants us to let go and let him have his way. Let go and let God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So heaven helps those who cannot help themselves. As for that one, I can justify it in the Bible. That heaven helps those who cannot help themselves. Because Jesus said, those who are well do not have any need for a physician. So heaven only comes to help those who help themselves. Praise Jesus. We are in a nation, and not just in this nation, all over the world. We are in a time now where people do not want to hear you talk about God at all. And if you talk about God, they want it to be in a setting they call multi-faith conference or meeting or gatherings. As far as we are concerned, there is nothing multi about faith except the fact that we are many multi-people gathering together for one faith in God. Praise the Lord. So whenever I hear about multi-faith conferences, and I know a lot of Christians embrace those things, I have to be very honest about my opinion about that. I feel sorry for such people. I feel sorry. There is no basis at all for a Christian to sit with a Muslim and a Hindu and all those crowd and say we are discussing the faith, how we can uh, make the religion grow better, how we can allow for more religious tolerance. No, there's no basis for multi faith. There is no such thing for a Christian. There's only one faith. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you go through any other source, where are you going? You are not going to the Father. So why should we be sitting there and discussing what's the faith? That is not to say we should fight anybody. We are not ISIS. We are not going to say, oh, we are, we are, we are not going to say everybody must join our faith. Even Jesus said, if you preach to them and they don't listen, just wipe the dust away from your feet and move on. But you don't have to be 
motivate. Oh, if we join their meetings, then we'll be able to get a building. You know those are the kind of excuses they give. If you join their meetings, then you'll be able to meet the Ash demon of Canterbury. Sorry. Why do we have to join any meeting? Do we really trust God? Do we really believe in God? So that is what today's message is about. Trusting God. Let your light so shine before men that they will glorify your Father who is in heaven. And look at that scripture again. How your light will shine. Let us look at how your light will shine. How is your light supposed to shine? Let them see your good works, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. We're in a time now where nobody wants to hear you speak. In fact, the government is looking for new ways to silence the church, to silence the voice of Christianity. They don't want to silence the voice of Islam. If you listen to Question Time, if you listen to the people in, power, in government, they are always make, making apologies for Islam. They always say, no, these ISIS, they are not Muslims. They are not Muslims. They are not genuine Muslims. It's a lie. They are genuine Muslims. They have a word in, in their Quran that they are standing on. That says anyone who does not believe them, kill them, kill all infidels. And it is the same government that will be preventing Christianity anywhere else. Will, will allow that things that God says should not be done should be done. Let this government permit a law that will go directly against what is, uh, the Quran says and you'll see what will happen. They will backtrack quickly when the people come out in the streets and start manifesting. One of the manifestations of Islam is ISIS. It's a manifestation of Islam. It is. By their fruit we shall know them. Well, we are not here to talk about Islam. We are here to talk about the, our good works. Our good works. The Bible says that men will see our good works. In a time when people do not want to hear you talk, you need to change tactics. When I was growing up, I used to hear an adage among the Hebrews that says, when a naked event discovered that men have learned to shoot without missing, they naked decided to learn to fly without lecture. In a time when the whole world is turning against God, against Christianity, against the name of Jesus Christ, whenever you open your mouth to speak, people just walk away. If you give them leaflets, they will throw it, throw it into the next dustbin. Then we need to go back and ask God, Lord, what is going on? What are we supposed to do? You have told us that we should go to the world evangelize, preaching the gospel, and teaching them to obey. We can't reach them. Do you know that there are many Christians who are frustrated in London? They always say, if it was Nigeria now, it's so easy. Nobody will stop you. If it was, if we were in Brazil now, if we, they mention countries where the gospel is going, flowing well, they don't go back and think, where are the people going? Why are they listening? It's because people are seeing their good works. What good works are? In fact, these good works, as we read in one of the scriptures earlier today in Exodus, remember we read Exodus chapter 4, verse 8. 
These good works have to be seen. They are seen. It's not about hearing your voice. They may not like your voice, but when they see the good works, they will not be able to deny it. Praise Jesus. They will not be able to deny it. That is why in Acts chapter 1, let us go to Acts chapter 1. Let us where we start to look at these good works. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Last week, we were focusing on increase, and we define increase in a new way. Increase is moving, rising up from one dimension to another. Today, we are looking at good works. Works. Let your actions speak. Let your actions prove that there is God. Let your actions evangelize. In Acts chapter 1, verse 8, the word of God says, Jesus speaking, But you shall receive power after that the Holy Spirit is come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. We have got ourselves used to interpreting this scripture mainly, mainly from the angle of having to speak to somebody. It is true that when you go to court, witnesses have to speak, but sometimes they also have to demonstrate. We are in a season when we must recognize that people are not going to listen to you unless there is something spectacular. And that is why God released the Holy Spirit to us. He said we shall receive power to be witnesses unto him. Today I submit to you that the power that Jesus is talking about is the power of boldness and the power of miracles, signs, and wonders. wonders. When people don't want to hear you, they have to see in fact, in the book of Acts chapter 4, let us look at this one quickly. In Acts chapter 4, look at verse 16 again. background to this statement we're about to look at 16, is that Peter and John had just healed somebody by the power in the name of Jesus Christ. And those who did not want to hear the gospel, who did not want anyone to mention the name of Jesus, came and seized them and wanted to beat them and forbid them from using that name anymore. But the Bible says that after Peter spoke to them, boldly telling them, look, it's the name of the same Jesus that you guys don't want to hear that just did this miracle. And they gathered themselves. The Bible says, when they had commanded them to go and find out of the council, they conferred among themselves. The council we are talking about is just like Bromley Council. It's just like Lewisham Council. It's just like Parliament. They were the ones who forbade the people. Don't talk, don't mention that name anymore. Do you know that this parliament of this nation is trying to make laws every day to make sure that we do not preach? They don't want you to preach on the streets. They don't want you to preach on the buses. They don't want to mention that name at all. And exactly what happened to them is what God, what happened in the book of Acts is what God wants us to, wants to demonstrate to them right here today through your lives. The word of God says, people said among themselves, what shall we do to this man 
For indeed, that a notable miracle has been done through them is evident to all who dwell in Jerusalem. And we cannot deny it. In short, even though they said to the people, I'm not talking about the rest of the world now, this same council said to people, don't preach it. They themselves, even though they are said don't preach, and they were not there when people were preaching, they didn't hear them preach anything, but they were converted. Okay, not fully. They believed. Praise the Lord. They believed that a notable miracle has been done is evident. In short, you don't need to preach anymore. The, the miracle that they saw, the sign that they saw, did all the preaching for them. That is where if you, if you are somebody who is saying to yourself, ah, me, I don't know how to preach, I don't know what to say, God is telling you, you don't need to know how to preach. You just need to know how to wait on Him. You just need to know how to receive the Holy Spirit. You just need to know how to go out and be a co-worker with the Holy Spirit. Spirit. And that is how your light shines. When light shines in the darkness, you cannot deny that there is no light. Let's look at that Exodus chapter 4 verse 8 again. We're looking at allowing your actions to speak so as to prove that there is God. Because witnesses, Jesus said that you'll be witnesses to me. Providing evidence that I exist. Providing undeniable proof that even though you cannot see him, he is real. And more than anything else, providing undeniable evidence, evidence that there is God. In Exodus chapter 4 verse 8 we read, It will be that if they do not believe you, nor heed the message of the first sign, that they shall believe, that they may believe the message of the latter sign. So, miracle signs and wonders carry a message in them. They carry a message. message. And in fact, there are versions of this same, of, of, of the Bible, where this same word is presented as, if they do not believe the voice, in fact, I have to go to my King James, I believe that's the language there, that's the way it's put. If they do not believe the voice of the first miracle, or the first sign, Aha. Look at it. It says, it says in, in, in Old King James. And it shall come to pass, if they will not believe you, neither hearken to the voice of the first sign. The voice of the first. What was the first sign? He threw a rod on the ground and it became a serpent. With that, God was satisfied. And if they see that, they will know that there is an invisible power behind you. And that that power is real. And God said, okay, if they don't believe, paraventure they don't believe. This second sign of put your hand in your clothes or in your bosom, and when you bring it out, it will be leprous, and when you put it back and bring it out again, it will be well again. If they don't believe the first one, they will believe the second one. In short, God is saying, don't worry about your voice, don't worry about your language, let your actions speak. Let the things you do begin to speak. And God is saying to us that he has equipped us for that. Many of us have, we, don't, we are not interested in evangelism because we think we don't know how to do it. We don't need to know how to do it. It's not by our power. 
That is why Jesus said that it is expedient for him to go. Because if he does not go, the Holy Spirit will not help. The Holy Spirit is the miracle worker, working spirit. He is the miracle worker. So miracles, signs, and wonders are undeniable and unstoppable evidence that there is God. And you might say to me, but magicians also do signs and wonders, don't they? So how do we explain that? If they then preach, if they also tell us that there is a power helping them, and that power is, is um, say Satan, should we therefore also believe Satan? Because they too are giving us signs. They too are giving us wonders. Praise the Lord. Come with me to Exodus again. Exodus. Because God is aware of these things and is prepared. Hallelujah. He's prepared to give us answers to every question that we ask. We need to know that there is no answer to anything that troubles us in our spirit. When it relates to God, God will give us an answer. Look at Exodus chapter 7 this time. We read from verse 9. Exodus chapter 7. When Pharaoh shall speak to you, say, show a miracle for you. Show a miracle. Give me evidence. Give me evidence. Do something unusual. Prove to me that this message you are giving me from this invisible being that you call the Lord of all the earth. Give me a sign, a miracle, to know that truly there is such a being. Then you shall say to Aaron, take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and it shall be a serpent. And Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and he did so as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh, and before his servants, and it became a serpent. Then Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers, now the magicians of Egypt. They also did in like manner with their enchantments. For they cast down every man his rod, and they became serpents. So they, they, they did the same thing. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. And then they were shocked. Sure ah, this power is above the other powers. So God is telling us that as we go out in his name and in his power, it doesn't matter whether sorcerers or magicians will come your way, they will discover when they come that power is greater than power. And that all power belongs to that is the message. That all power belongs to him. It doesn't matter whether people want to do sorcery or magic or anything. Let them do it. But God's power is above all powers. Let us read on. Again, and he hacking, and he, God now had in Pharaoh's heart that he hacking not to them, as the Lord has said. And the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He refuses to let people go, to let the people go. 
gets you to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes to the waters, and you shall stand by the river brink against against he come. I'm reading old English. And the rod which was turned to a serpent you shall take in your hand. And you shall say to him, The Lord God of the Hebrews has sent me to you, saying, Let my people go, that they may serve me in the wilderness. And behold, either to you will not hear. Thus says the Lord, In this you shall know that I am the Lord. Behold, I will smite the rod that is in my hand upon the waters which are in the river, and they shall be turned to blood. And the fish that is in the river and and it goes on and on and on. Now let us go to verse 21. And the fish that was in the river died. That's after Moses did it. And the river stank. And the Egyptians could, could not drink of the water. And of the river. And there was blood throughout all the land. But look at verse 32 again. Verse 22. And the magicians of Egypt did so with their enchantments. So they were able to do the same thing. They did so with their enchantments. And Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Neither did he hearken to the people as the Lord had said. Now let us go to verse 8. This continues on and on and on. Praise the Lord. Look at verse 6 of chapter 8. And Aaron stretched out his hand over the waters of Egypt. And the frogs came up and covered the land of Egypt. In short, every time he did a miracle, they will do their own magic. Every time they do a, he, he does a miracle, they will do magic. They will be countering everything he does. That's what we are saying here. The Bible says in verse 7, And the magicians did so with their enchantments and brought up frogs upon the land of Egypt. As long as people are able to do what you are doing, they will not be able to listen to you. They say, what is it that is new that you are telling us? And that is why magicians attract more people. Until God does something to show that he's bigger than these magicians. Now let us go to verse 18. I'll, I'll actually read this from 16. And the Lord says, said to Moses, Say to Aaron, stretch out your hand and smite the dust of the land that it may become light throughout the land of Egypt. And they did so. And Aaron stretched out his hand with his rod and smote the dust of the earth, and it became light on man and in beast. All the dust of the land became light throughout the land of Egypt. Verse 18, And the Egyptians did so in their enchantment to bring forth light. But they could not do so. Are we, am I, are we reading the same thing? They could not. They tried. They wanted to bring forth lies also, but they could not. And verse 19 says, Then the Egyptians said to Pharaoh, This is the finger of God. This is no longer any demon doing it. All along until that time, they thought, ah, we are all doing the same thing. He's just using another name. Have you heard a lot of people tell you that we are all worshipping the same God? Have you heard that? They will say we are all worshipping the same God. There is only one God. The same God we are all worshipping. Whether we call him Buddha, or we call him Allah, or we call him Krishna, or we call him anything, we are all worshipping the same God. But here, the magicians recognize, say, no, 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 no. Because when they are talking of God, they are not talking of the most high 
They are talking of demons. They are talking of spirit beings, fallen angels that they rely on to do their, their magic. And now they see and say, no, this is actually the finger. They did not say this is the power. The finger, this is just his finger. Don't let him punch us. Praise the Lord. They went to Pharaoh. They said, we better let these people go. It was not Moses that spoke to them. Moses did, did not go and give them an episode in the corner. It was his works. The things that he did. And that is why the Holy Spirit came to give us power so that we will be witnesses to God. So that when, we, when, when, when people see what is done, they know that there is a power beyond the power that they are used to. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Come with me again to Acts. Acts chapter 19. Acts chapter 19. It is not enough to be a Christian. It is not enough to give our lives to Christ. We need to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to know also that once we have received the Holy Spirit, we are not just anybody. We are the people who carry the finger of God. Because those magic shans did not see any, anybody except Pharaoh, uh, except uh, Aaron and Moses. And they concluded, this is the finger of God. Acts chapter 19, we read verses 1 and 2. And it came to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding disciples, disciples, followers of Jesus, followers of the way, he said to them, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? Ask yourself, what would have made Paul, who saw these Christians, they were believers now, they were Christians, they were followers, for him to call them disciples, it means that he saw them doing the right thing, they were obeying, praise the Lord. But he saw that something was missing. He saw that they were preaching. They were trying to preach and people were not listening to them. He saw that they were doing things in their own power and they were getting tired. They were being frustrated. So he called them to one corner and said, have you, have you received since you believed? In fact, for him, it was standard. It was normal. That anyone who has believed should also receive. So he didn't even say, have you received the Holy Spirit? Do you, do, you, do you notice that? He just said, have you received? Okay, here it says the Holy Spirit, so we've got to follow the scriptures. Here it says, have you received? There are other versions. Have you received? And he said, what do you mean? What have you received? The Holy Spirit, have you received it? Have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? And he said to him, we are not so much as heard whether there be and Holy Spirit. And he said to them, So what then were you baptized? And he said, To John's baptism. Then he then explained to them, John verily baptized with the baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, which should come after. That is, on Christ Jesus. And when they had heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord 
Jesus. In short, they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, it is not enough for us to just be Christians. We need to be sure that we have received the Holy Spirit. And that we have been baptized by the Spirit and fire. Or rather, baptized with the Spirit and fire by Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one that baptizes this second baptism we are talking about. There is water baptism, but there is another baptism which comes by Jesus Christ, the gift of the Father. And that is the gift that makes witnessing easy because he is the witness. He is the witness to Jesus Christ. So that is why it doesn't matter where we are, we need to first settle one thing in our mind. Have I received since I believed? Have I received the Holy Spirit? I want you to know today that you have received the Holy Spirit. You have received the Holy Spirit. As long as you have given your life to Jesus Christ and you have been in this church, you have received the Holy Spirit. Because we have prayed again and again, asking for him to come upon us. And we believe without doubt that he has come upon us and is dwelling inside every one of us. So we have received. So what happens when we have received? When we have received the Holy Spirit, what happens is that God begins to take over our life. All we need to carry around is God inside us and faith in that God who is inside us. In Acts chapter 1 verse 8, they had not received the Holy Spirit. And Jesus was telling them, when I have gone, then you will receive the Holy Spirit. But once you have received the Holy Spirit, the most important thing for you now is to allow Him to begin to do what He wants to do in your life. What does He want to do in your life? That's all we want to look at. What is it that He wants us to be witnesses to? What does He want us to be witnesses to? Acts chapter 1 verse 8 is where we must begin again. We need to take note of this. You shall receive power to be witnesses. To me. To who? To Jesus. To be witnesses to Jesus. That he has come. That he died. That he is alive again. Nobody will believe. If, the, if, if, if everybody thought in their mind, Jesus came, he preached, he said he was the king of the Jews, and then we were able to crucify him, and then he just rot in the grave, and nothing happened after that. Even his disciples will begin to doubt, as we all know. The Bible tells us that a time came when he said, Let's go fishing, because we don't believe anymore. Until when he came back, when they saw him again, then they realized that, wow, he is alive. And that is the first message that we must be a witness to. We must be a witness that Jesus is alive. The miracle worker is alive. alive. And that witness is not through preaching with our mouth. That witness is through our actions. God wants us to know that we have received the Holy Spirit so that we can be action-proof producers. Not words. You don't need to argue. You don't need to try and prove anything. When people see your works, they will glorify the Father who is in heaven. 
We need to make up our mind. We need to agree with God. That is what faith is about. If God said it, it's going to happen. Amen. That's agreeing with God. We need to have that faith. It's not by our works. It's not by our ability to preach. That is what happened with Apostle Paul throughout his ministry. He said that our preaching to you is not by words of eloquence of men. Look at it with me. Today we are talking about our works. Our works. Our works. Let your actions speak. We need to change tactics. We need to stop worrying ourselves whether we can speak good English or not. We need to be people who must press in to reach that point where miracle signs and wonders begin to happen in our life. There is nobody who is too young for that. I want you to understand because you have received power, you will be a witness to him. Amen. Do you believe it? Yes. Are you just saying amen or do you truly believe it? That you have received power. And because you have received power, you will definitely be a witness to him. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. Apostle Paul speaking says, And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom. How many people have excellency of speech or wisdom here? None of us, we don't. If Apostle Paul can say, I did not come with excellency of speech, he was a doctor, he was a doctorate degree holder at that time. A doctorate degree holder in law. So definitely, his English must have been good. His language, his ability to, to present a case must have been good. But he said, that's not how I came to you. I came not with the excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. That's not how I came. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. But in the demonstration of the Spirit and the power. When you believe and accept that the Holy Spirit is in you, then you should be ready for the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. Not your own demonstration, not your own ability. You must be ready for that. Because if you are not ready, if you are somebody who says, I don't believe if I pray for somebody, he's going to be well. Then you are saying that the Holy Spirit is not inside you. Or you are saying that I am I'm a sinner. I have not been redeemed. God cannot use somebody like me. And you are also going back to that statement that the Holy Spirit is not inside you because it's not you who is supposed to do the works. He said, I came in the demonstration of the Spirit and of power. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. That is exactly what Apostle Paul is saying here. I came to show that I received power when the Holy Spirit came upon me. Can you say the same? Yes, you can. 
In fact, begin to say it right now. Repeat after me. I receive power. I receive power. When the Holy Spirit came upon me. I receive power. When the Holy Spirit came upon me. If you believe, go out today and let your action begin to speak. Don't just take this as just another Sunday message. We go to church every Sunday to hear a message so that we know that we went to church and we heard a message. No. You go to hear a message so that you begin to act on that message. Fear not, it's not by your power. The power we're talking of is not your power. When Apostle Paul was speaking, he did not say to demonstrate my power. He said, no, demonstrate the spirit and the power that flows from the spirit. Praise the Lord. And that's what God is calling every one of us to do today. Step out from today. You are miracle workers because the miracle worker dwells inside you. The magician said, said, Pharaoh, this is the finger of God. The people standing before them were Aaron and Moses. But now they got a new name, finger of God. I want you to understand that you are the body of God. Amen. You are the hand of God. You are the eye of God. Those magicians looked and they said, this is finger. That was a revelation to them. That was a great revelation. They did not get that word from anywhere. It was from heaven, straight. Because there was more to come. So they recognized that this was just the finger. From that moment on, go and check it. Search the Bible. They never tried to do any other thing that Moses and Aaron did. The only reason that people try to argue with you is because they've not seen something to show them that there is God. And that's something to show them that there is God does not depend on how handsome or beautiful you are. It does not depend on how many degrees you have. It does not even depend on how many hours you spent in the word of God. It depends on only one word. Faith in the finished work of Jesus Christ. Faith that Jesus is alive. So that's what God wants us to go and show to the world. To go and testify. I just want to quickly round off by pointing out ten things that God wants us to witness to. And what we witness is not even your words. It's your actions. God wants us to witness that there is an all-powerful, all-able God who is Lord over all things. People don't believe that. They use different terminologies. Somebody sent me a text and said, I thank God and I thank the universe. (laughs) And I responded and said, I thank God with you. But as for the universe, there's no good reason to thank the universe. We thank the creator of the universe. And this carried on, we're chatting. And the person came back to me and said, yeah, but that's how you see it. I said, no, that's not how I see it. I do not give thanks to my car for taking me to church. I do not give thanks to the pounded yam in front of me for filling my belly. Because that's exactly the same thing. Everything in the universe was created before us. Before you and me. God created the heavens and the earth and he created everything inside before he created us so that those things can serve us. Are you following me? They are there to serve us. They are there to bless us. 
So we don't thank them. Praise Jesus. There is an all-powerful God. In fact, I'm going to bring this message to a close now. Because I want to carry on with it next week. There is a lot more to, to be heard. We need to take... This is a very important... It's not one of those messages we just hear and go away. I want you to leave here today and begin to pray for chicken to become well. <laughs> if you find them. Do it by faith, fearlessly. When you pray for somebody, it doesn't mean that you receive magic. We are not magicians. Do not expect magic. If from the beginning of the month of, or from today till December ends, you go about responding to the word you are hearing today, you will testify. Amen. You will. Because the word of God says, these signs follow those who believe. If you believe, signs must follow you. And go about with a determination that signs will follow you. Amen. Go about with a determination as you wake up every day. Say, signs have to follow me today. Signs must follow me. Even the mere fact that you are praying for somebody is a sign. Somebody you've never met on the street. They are not present. Do you mind if I pray for you? He's asking, say, Look, I can pray for you now and you'll be well. And then you pray for them. That is a sign that you believe in the invisible, the unseen, all-powerful God. We are in a time where you, you will not be allowed to speak anymore. Start getting used to it. Start readjusting your focus. Begin to see yourself as a witness by your actions. But don't just say by being nice. That is part of it. We'll hear that later. But I'm talking today about the Holy Spirit is in you. So that you have received power to be witnesses. Go out there and be a witness this week. I pray in the name of Jesus. That these words that you have heard today. They will not come back to be witness against you, Johnny. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you will release, reveal and release to us all the resources that we need for life and for godliness. All the resources that we need to be witnesses to you on the streets. All the resources that we need to be witnesses to you in our neighborhoods. The resources of faith the resources of confidence, the resources of boldness, but are released into every child, into every adult, into every man, into every woman today. Amen. As we have received power, Lord, release upon us the grace to begin to de demonstrate your spirit and your power today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together for Jesus. Take this word with you. And act on it. Don't go about You are not, it's not a long message, not everything. But don't stop. 